0: Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by the Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer.
1: Father God, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, speak through us and to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. This is the NIV version. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together. And says rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Over one sinner who repents. This is God's word. For God's people. Thanks be to God. I want to talk about the joy of repentance. I want to talk about the joy of repentance. If you are with us on Tuesday night. This lesson will build upon that. In Bible study, we examine what David had to say about confession and repentance. Today, let's see what our Savior Jesus has to say on those same matters. The teaching ministry of our Lord in chapter 14 seems to have attracted the despised tax collectors and others who were considered outwardly sinners. Although Jesus called them out for their sins, many of them admitted that he was right. These humble sinners did not try to justify their wrong behaviors, but they acknowledged Jesus as Lord. And because they fessed up to their sin, he gravitated towards them and offered them spiritual comfort and help. See, family, Jesus had a habit of befriending people who had been written off by society and the religious elite. His gospel message makes room even for, and especially for, the outcast. That was true then, and thankfully, this is still true today. The type of fellowship that Jesus shared was uncommon, and it was countercultural. The Pharisees and their man-made laws forbade them from even sharing a meal with anyone they considered to be sinners. Keep that in mind, who they considered to be sinners. They always wanted to be able to Uh, uh, set the metric for who was an insider and who was an outsider of the faith, those who were meeting the criteria and those who were not. Uh, uh, Therefore, the Pharisees and the scribes, they hated the fact that Jesus would even cozy up with people who were clearly missing the mark. These people were known sinners. And so these religious leaders hurled a charge at Jesus that said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. That's the charge they made against Jesus. And Jesus indeed was guilty of this charge. But while they thought it was blameworthy and an opportunity to discredit Jesus and his ministry, it was actually the fulfillment of the very purpose for which the Lord came to earth. Sitting at this table with these social and moral, moral rejects was wrapped up in Jesus' mission to the earth. By showing love to them, he was showing love and obedience to his father. It was in response to their insult and accusation that Jesus told the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Today, we're just going to focus on the first two. In the first parable, the Lord is pictured as a shepherd. Um, And the 99 sheep represent the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious elite of their day. The lost sheep symbolizes a tax collector or someone who is considered an acknowledged sinner. When the shepherd realizes that one of his sheep is lost, he leaves the 99 in the wilderness, not in the safety of the fold, and goes out until he finds it. This journey for Jesus included his descent to earth, his years of public ministry, his rejection, his suffering and death on the cross. When he found the sheep, he laid it on his shoulders and took it to his home. And this suggests that the sheep was saved and enjoyed a place of privilege and closeness that it had never experienced before while it was in the group with others. and Sometimes it seems that God does his best work when we are out there on our own and he has to come out there and to, to redeem us and to bring us back to safety to himself. Amen. Uh, overjoyed, the, the shepherd calls his friends and neighbors to rejoice with him over the redemption of the lost sheep. And this points to the Savior's great joy in witnessing a, a sinner repent for their sins. The lesson is clear, my friends, there is great joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. But on the converse, there is no joy for the 99 sinners who have never been convicted of their lost condition. Now, let's be clear. Verse 7 here does not mean that there are some people in in this world who never need to repent. For we know that all humans are sinners and all must repent to be redeemed. This verse describes those who in their own eyes need no repentance. The Lord next recounts the parable of the lost coin. The woman in the story likely represents the Holy Spirit seeking the lost with the lamp of the word. The first parable represented Jesus. um, And then that third one that we're not going to cover today when you look at the The lost son, you know, you look at the father and the way he responded to that son who who repented and came back home. uh, That seems to represent more father God. Uh, This woman represents the Holy Spirit God. And the first um, narrative represented Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, now in this one here, uh, we have these uh, these 10 coins that the woman has and she loses one. The nine silver coin speaks of the unrepentant, whereas the one lost coin typifies the person who is willing to confess that they are lost, that they are out of touch with God. Uh, In the previous account, the sheep wandered away by its own volition, whereas here we're talking about a coin, which we know is an inanimate object, and it points to the lifeless condition of a sin sick soul. This represents the person who is essentially dead in their sins. Amen. They may seem to have all of the outward signs of life, but if you could see them on the inside, they are essentially dead in their sins. Amen. And they need to be redeemed. Uh, The woman continues to search carefully for the coin until she finds it. Then she calls her friends and neighbors together to celebrate with her. The lost coin, which She has found, had brought her more pure joy than the nine which had never been lost. And so it is with God. The sinner who humbles him or herself and confesses their lost condition brings joy to the heart of God. God obtains no such joy from those who have never felt their need for repentance. The need is there, but they don't even feel it. They don't feel the need. There are folks in this world. And maybe you've heard them where they will say things like, I've never needed to repent. I've never needed to say sorry. Uh, In their eyes, they've done everything right on this side of heaven. Um, But we know that's not true. Uh, These stories that Jesus uh, recounts were aimed directly at the scribes and the Pharisees who never humbled themselves. They never had a contrite heart um, to the point that they would admit their own lost condition before God. And so time and time again, they refused to own up to their own brokenness. And as such, we can say that they were at least as lost as the people that they were castigating. Now, let's define joy. You keep hearing me talk about joy. What what are we saying here uh, uh, as it relates to our scripture today? Well, joy is much deeper than simply passing moments of contentment or feelings of happiness. Real joy um, or everlasting joy as a Christian, we know only comes from experiencing the power of the atonement through sincere repentance. When we repent, we receive spiritual confirmation that we are redeemed from our sins uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also inherit eternal life where we will live in peace and joy and harmony with God forever and ever. And so that's the type of joy that we're talking about. We're not talking about joy on, on, a, on a natural level, but we're talking about joy that it can only come from the supernatural level. Uh, the joy that comes from repentance is evident on many levels, uh, but we just want to lift up three today. First is the joy and comfort that come to the heart of a repentant soul as the burden of sin is lifted there's joy that comes to your heart. Amen. When you, when you finally can confess, when you finally can repent of all of that stuff you've been carrying, there's a joy of having that burden lifted off of you. Amen. Any believer who walks in repentance will be flooded with this type of joy of the Lord. Uh, we saw that when we were looking at David on Tuesday night during our Bible study. David felt weighted down. He said, And he was unable to experience anything close to the joy uh, that we're talking about today until he confessed his sin and repented before the Lord, right? That's what we have to understand is that unconfessed sin holds us in bondage and keeps us out of right fellowship with God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can't even have the proper movements of life uh, 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 um, as God would dictate them until we confess that sin and deal with it. Being filled with this kind of joy also involves being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and for when we sense the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, we find great joy in knowing that we are being sanctified before God. Amen. We, we, we know, we, we, those of us who have repented uh, 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 before, we know and we understand that we cannot make ourselves right. Amen. But we yield to the one who can. And this is a lifelong process during our faith walk with Jesus. Amen. We're going to repent more than once. We're going to have to confess, confess our sins more than once. Uh, but because we have the Holy Spirit walking with us and living inside of us, uh, when we're convicted of our sins, when we're convinced of our wrongdoings, uh, we don't get mad about it. We we don't, we don't try to um, justify it. We don't try to excuse it. We don't try to Move on from it and just hide it and cover it up and act like it doesn't exist, right? We don't become self righteous and, and, and say, Well, I am I feel I'm better than those people over there. I'm not, at least I'm not doing what they're doing. We don't do that, right? We recognize that all unrighteousness and sin, and we are grateful uh, when we're called on our wrongdoings because then we have an opportunity to get things right. So that's number one. Number two, Uh, There are the joyful feelings of a loving savior as he sees us follow his admonitions and rely upon the healing power of his atoning sacrifice. In other words, friends, repentance is the origin of all joy in Jesus as it relates to human beings. Jesus wants everyone to experience true joy by making our humble confessions, repenting, and living in fellowship with him and other believers, right? Just gives Jesus joy. And and you should think about it like this. There's not much that we can give to God, really, because God already owns everything. But did you know that you can give God joy? Did you know that, that you can give Jesus and the angels in heaven joy simply through your repentance, through your humble heart, Did you know that? That is very powerful and an awesome gift that we can give daily. Why? Because like it or not, we sin daily. Amen. So every day that you live is an opportunity to confess your faults, to ask for uh, forgiveness and to repent and turn around and go in another direction with the Lord. Amen. To walk away from that thing that's been holding you down and beating you up and getting victory over you time and time again. Yes, indeed, my friends, God receives joy. Yes, when sinners repent. But on the flip side, we've been making the case that Jesus is making is that God obtains no joy from self-righteous hypocrites who are too proud to admit their own sinfulness. This passage shows us that it was easier for Jesus to encounter true repentance at the table with sinners than with the folks who supposedly had it all together, the people who had it all figured out, the people who claimed to know and love God the most were the least likely to offer confession. They were the least likely to own up to their sins. That's sad. But that's but that's news, good news for us is that we don't have to be like that. That we can give God joy, we can give Jesus joy and the angels in heaven joy simply by being humble enough uh, to, to offer our confession. And lastly, number three um, are the deep feelings of joy and love that come to those who help others work through their repentance process. Amen. In other words, we should be excited uh, to participate on earth in the praise party that's taking place in heaven every time a lost soul is redeemed by Christ. Amen. If a woman and and her friends delight in recovering a single coin and if a shepherd takes joy in rescuing a solitary sheep, how much more praiseworthy is the repentance of a sinner? Hey Amen. We should be excited about that. And any chance that we have to come alongside somebody, not in a way that beats them down, uh, uh, not in a way that makes them you know, uh, uh, feel horrible about what they did, but in a way that lifts them up, shows it to them, yes, reveals it to them but do it in a loving way that you are able to pull them out, that you're able to rescue them uh, uh, from that thing that has been uh, 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 holding them back from moving forward for Jesus. And then we should be excited about that. When they make that transformation, when they make that confession and they're ready to move forward with Jesus, we should be happy about it. We shouldn't throw shade on them. We shouldn't doubt their repentance. We shouldn't doubt their confession. We shouldn't doubt the fact that they're saying that they want to live for Jesus and run for Jesus uh, better and faster than they ever did before. Uh, Why? Because we didn't want anybody to be like that about our salvation. We didn't want people to be indifferent about our confession, right? And so we don't want to do that to somebody else um, because we wanted, just like when we got saved for the 15th time, we wanted everybody at that church to be excited for us and to encourage us and to lift us up. Um, but that's what we have to make sure we're doing. Don't don't doubt them and say, "Well, how long are you gonna be here this time? How are you really saved? Do you really want to live for Jesus?" You know, don't don't try to make them feel bad. Uh, if if this is not their first time confessing and coming to the Lord, that's okay, because we we all mess up. Maybe maybe theirs was public, but yours was private. And and maybe nobody even knows some of the stuff that you have had to deal with, um, in your own isolation. Um, but you had to confess and you had to go before God and get that stuff right. And thank God you did. Uh, 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 but they're now when they're doing it, let's make sure that we are encouraging other each other. You know why? Because seeking the lost aligns us with the mission and the mandate of Christ. When we, when we do that, um, when we operate as disciples the way we're supposed to, which is finding the lost souls out there and, and, and helping to give them proper directions that will lead them to uh, right fellowship, that will lead them to salvation if they're not saved, right? That will lead them to being able to confess Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Right, when we're doing that, God is pleased with us. That gives God joy. Amen. And that gives heaven joy. And so we should want To participate in that and that should give us joy as well what gives jesus joy should gives us joy amen what 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 gives jesus sorrow that should give us sorrow amen we we don't want to see anybody out there lost and lonely in isolation because we know that's where the devil wants all of us to be because that's the only chance he has at really defeating us amen and so if somebody's watching today if somebody's listening today And you need to confess Jesus as Lord and or you need to repent of your sins. We want to pray with you in just a second here, because even if you already know Jesus for yourself, let's not allow another day to go by without dealing with unconfessed sin in your life. We don't want to live with unconfessed sin in our lives. We want to make sure that we deal with that. Use this time that we're about to pray. Use this time to confess right now. To Jesus, Amen, and ask Him to forgive you and, and to absolve you from those sins and help you to uh, to repent and turn away from them. Call them what He calls them. They're sin, right? It, 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 I know we often say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that," but God knows my heart. Yes, He does. But you need to turn around. You need to you need to allow the Holy Spirit to take up residence in your life and to convict you. Uh, So that you don't keep walking in that same mess that you've been walking in for, I don't care how long it's been. It's time to come out of it right now. And to the unsaved person, there's this joy that we've been talking about. This joy of repentance, or you can say the joy in repentance. And we want you to experience that today. We want you to give Jesus joy by confessing your faults to the one who loves you so much that he died for you. All of that stuff that you have done, all the stuff that you are doing, amen, Jesus has already died for that stuff. Pin it to the cross. Nail it to the cross and let Jesus take it on. You can't deal with the ramifications of your sin. You can't pay the debt uh, for what you did, and neither could I. If I could, then guess what? Jesus did not need to come and die on that old rugged cross for me. If I could have dealt with it myself, he could have stayed In heaven, in glory with his father and the angels and the Holy Spirit. He didn't have to come to this uh, earth and die for me. If I could have dealt with it myself, I couldn't. And so what I want to say to you today is you don't have to carry the burden of your sin anymore. You don't have to worry about the wait for the government to cancel your debt of sin because that's never going to happen. Only Jesus can deal with that sin. And all you have to do, my friends, is to confess. Confess and repent. And so will you pray with us on today? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God, who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever and ever. Amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer with us on today and believed it in faith, guess what? You are saved. You are redeemed. You are included. You have a seat at the table. You're welcome here. Amen. Jesus, you just made friends with the best person in the whole universe that you could have ever uh, gotten to know. And so we want to, uh, but we don't want you to do that in isolation either. We want you to partner with us, and we want to let you want you to let us know that you accepted Jesus for the first time or the 50th time. Uh, we wanna hear from you and we wanna partner with you and walk with you and talk with you and pray with you and learn and grow with you. Um, so make sure you reach out to somebody here at the church or you can inbox us, you can text messages. Um, however you communicate with us, just let us know uh, that you accepted Jesus so that we can partner with you. Whether you are in our local community or somewhere stationed around the world, we wanna partner up with you and help you Uh, If necessary, to find a local believing body that can help you in your faith walk with Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Please go ahead and share this link with somebody. Bookmark it and go back and listen to it again when you get a chance. God bless you and we love you.
0: The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, Please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support and stay blessed.